Hello, yes, Sternhausen here. You're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Listen to the full thing or be cursed. Also, like and subscribe or whatever may have you and be cursed. Or be cursed, whatever. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're very nice and very evil. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things on the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review of AIW's A Touch of Evil. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Evelyn's in this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email if you so choose to desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAmaneuver.net. Like I said, this is a pre-review of... A touch of evil. Did I start that off by saying preview or review? You said review the first time. You're good. Okay, and yeah, and we also have uh, Charlie Butters. Hey yo. Yeah. Uh, little uh, like note for everybody that yes, I, I put it on social media. There was a little bit of technical difficulties this week in recording. Uh, not with Butters. Butters is uh, stepping in basically and helping helping review this show. And everything seems to be working a whole lot better. It's just been just been a crazy fucking week. But anyway, let's let's talk about A Touch of Evil. Your thoughts coming into this show, Butters? I was excited to see Dan Housen back. And, uh, you know, we, we had some interesting stuff going on with the uh, absolute and intense titles. And uh, kind of getting back to, to seeing some of the bigger names in AIW and uh, going up against some of the younger members of the roster. So it was nice to have that mix again instead of just purely student. Uh, so that was good. How was your interaction with Dan Housen this time? Oh, it was great. It's always great. Uh, we got to, you know, talk for a little bit while he was in between uh, talking to people. So uh, we just kicked around some ideas for stuff and, and just BS'd about, you know, stuff and things. <laughs> it's crazy to think of, like, the line that he had for this show. Yeah, it was longer than uh, Terry Reynolds' line, and he was nicer than Terry Reynolds. So, I mean, that's that's you know, win-win right there. <laughs> For me, uh, coming into this show, I, like he was like the one person. It's weird because like for me, it's like oh, or even you too. It's like oh, I'm gonna meet Dan Housen. I'm like I'm gonna go see Dan Housen again. I'm gonna have an interaction with him again. And before I got to that, I do want to give a huge shout out to Dominic Greeny. Uh, as I was waiting in line and about ready to come in, he told me that Kayfabe Collectibles, who I, I mean, I knew they were there, but they had the Chase Macho Man figure. And that was the only figure left from that set that I needed. Oh, there's other ones that I would quote need, but like of, of what I want, that's the only one other one I needed. And I thought I would never get it. 
or not at a decent price. So once Dom told me that, I immediately hit up Kayfabe Collectibles and asked if I could pay for it right now. But by the time he got back to me, I was inside, but I ran to my seat, threw my stuff down, ran back to fucking Kayfabe Collectibles and grabbed it. And he actually put it aside for me. So I'm really happy to have that. So that was the first thing off my list. And then to see Danhausen right as the line was starting to form, like me and Stacy were both there. Talked to him for a little bit. I got both of my second micro brawler signed and I got another picture with him. It's weird because I've gotten like a lot with him, but I don't know. I go back to like when I first became a fan, I thought people that got multiple pictures of wrestlers, like kind of weird, but there's some people that I'm like, every time I see you, I want to get one or I want to get one every so many months. I think we got to the point with Dan Housen where it's like, you're back at AIW, I want another picture. And that was definitely my reasoning for it. Yeah, I didn't get a picture with him. I probably should have, uh, but I know I'm going to see him in October. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I also want to shout out Kayfabe Collectibles because I got my Pentagon Jr. finally. Uh, after going back and forth on maybe getting him, they had him for a reasonable price. So I snatched him up real quick. And I also got some nice Danhausen socks. So I'm going to wear those to your wedding. So <laughs> I. I need to buy those because I have two pairs of the smart Mark Sterling ones. And that's only because I got one in a box and the other one, I was buying a micro brawler off somebody. And like, that was part of the deal. And I'm like, well, I just want the micro brawler. So I'll pay that, that price and get that too. Like there, he wasn't separating them. So I've been kind of wanting to get one. I should have got them. Maybe he'll still have some in October and I could potentially get some there. If I, if I'm able to go to that, was there uh, anything else you uh, bought at the show? Um, well, I brought my Dan Housen comic book and the dark light clothing uh, mask that he had made, got those signed and I didn't let them dry. So they got smudged. So I'm going to have to have those redone. Um, but I also bought a Bam Bam Bigelow figure from you. Exactly. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> yeah. I know it's going to make you wait a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Picked, uh, picked up some for you and Zach both. Yeah, we got to see Zach. Uh, Mr. Uh, Big Website Man. Yeah. And unfortunately for you, you had to pay. He didn't have to pay me. But <laughs> when when he gifted me the Macho Man without me saying anything, it's like, all right, I kind of owe you one. Yeah, it's all good. He's Bam Bam sitting over on my shelf with my other, my Johnny Gargano and my Pentagon. So Bam Bam is right next to the Christian fan takeover hanging on my wall but it's in a spot to where it might eventually move. I think one of Pritchard's podcasts is doing uh, Bam Bam this week or next week. I'm going to check that out. I can't remember if I've said it here on the show. I think I've said it on Twitter. Like, imagine if all of the triple threat was still alive. Like, that'd be awesome. Like, Bam Bam was like one of the guys that I would have loved to have seen in AIW. I think he would have had a fucking incredible match with so many of the guys. And that's even if he wasn't still like if he wasn't super mobile because he's older. I think he'd still have a good go with a lot of guys. Or even if like he just came in for a spot uh, autograph signing for him or any of them. Like, I, I mean, not the him, but like them as a, as a whole. Right. Like obviously Shane Douglas, he's done a lot, but not getting the same with Bam Bam and Candido. Like we're getting the closest thing we can get to Candido next month or fuck next week with Sonny coming in. I just realized that, Oh, which I got to make sure I get, it's still in my closet. If it's not, I'm going to have to 
pick something else, but I think I kept it in my closet. I'm going to wear my Chris Candido shirt that I bought off of her back in like 2009 or 10. And that's like one of my favorite shirts. I don't wear it a lot because I think it might be a little thicker, but every time I've worn it to like a wrestling show, I've gotten compliments. Like I wore it to the ECW arena for House of Hardcore and like every ECW legend that's seen it, like made some sort of comment. I remember Tommy Dream in particular, he like seen it and like put his hands on my shoulder and he was like, great fucking shirt. But yeah, uh, Bam Bam and uh, Candida, very very much missed. Yep. So there was another thing like before the show and you were there for it when we got our tickets scanned or QR codes for our tickets, I realized that I didn't buy front row. Well, I did, but I bought front row stage and my reaction, and you could attest this was like, Oh shit. I didn't mean to. Yep. So that was a, a fun part of my night of being there. I don't know if I were to buy those tickets again, like there's nothing against them. Like number one, there's only, I think six tickets. I think it's th- or eight. I think there's four on each side and it's great and all, but you're going to have to try to beat seven other people to buy those tickets. And you're going to have to beat those same people to get a good spot. There's not necessarily a bad spot, but I definitely wanted guardrail. And I kind of felt bad because we're like, there was me right at the guardrail. There was an open spot. And then there was like a couple on the last two seats. And I had like two guys come up to me and they're like, Hey, is this, is anybody sitting in this seat? I'm like, no, he's like, well, we bought our tickets together and there's only one seat left over there and one seat over there. Can you move? And I'm like, normally if like, if it's anywhere else, I'd be like, no, I don't, I don't care. Like, oh yeah, I'll move somewhere else. But I've never sat up there. I've never sat by the guardrail like that. And I was like, dude, I was like one of the first ones in here. And you guys are strolling in lane going like, Hey, can, can we get your seats? Sorry. No. Like I even told him like, sorry, like I'm going to stay. But I think what they end up doing, I think they, they either convinced someone else on the other side to move, or they just pulled up a chair on the other side. I'm not hundred percent sure. Huh. Well, I can tell you that they had extra seats in the front row down in the pit because holy shit, were we squashed in there? There were no aisles again. It was miserable. That's something when it comes to Odeon seating that I'm not a huge fan of. Actually, there was only one time that Odeon seating was great. That was pandemic shit. Like I hate, I, I hate saying that, but it was like, Oh, you know, if you bought a one ticket front row or, you know, two front row, like those two seats were s- somewhere. And then there was space on either side of you to even if like if me and you were to get our seats together and we were having to, you know, sit right next to each other and they put those chairs like right next to each other, we would be able to have enough room to where we'd be like, all right, We'll move it about a foot apart and, you know, that'll be fine by us. But that's been a thing for a while at the Odeon. And then when you you get whoever does it, we're putting out chairs and then they don't leave an aisle. That's just, that makes it a huge clusterfuck to get back to the front row. Like if you're going uh, back and forth during intermission, if you're going to get beer or any type of alcohol or food where you kind of don't want to move after that because of like how congested everything gets. And having to try to like wade through everybody. Yeah, I basically had to go towards the stage and then go all the way around to, to get in and out because it was just there there was nothing. It was just all oval shaped or horseshoe shaped around with no aisles. I was like, oh god. The only thing oh. I'll say in the ODN and AIW's defense, because but I think it's AIW who puts out the seats, 
is even if they were to leave an aisle way, most of the time people still end up sitting in those spots anyway. And that's what sucks because they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll move a chair in, in that aisle way to where you are basically getting the same seating. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Yeah. All right. I think that's most of the like pre-match stuff because we did have one pre-show match. But other than that, I can't really think of anything going on. I didn't meet Terry. Doesn't seem like I missed much. No, I was just, I just watched her be like super mean to all the students and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm good on that. Yeah, I think it goes back to what I was saying last week of I didn't have anything for her to sign. But on top of it, like I'm not that huge on Terry. Like I, I'm more fond of Sunny. So I'm really excited that she's going to be here next week. But I truly, even after that point with, with Sunny, I probably won't care anymore. It's going to be like I met her. I got my stuff signed. I'm good. I've been waiting for this for like 10 years and it finally fucking happened. But after that, fuck if I care, because I know people aren't really happy about that book. I mean, that's that's a story for another episode. Let's get into the pre-show match. Started things off before the show with Cree Fudo, which I believe that's how you pronounce it. Or is it Frito? No, not Frito. Fudo. No, you, spelled, you said it right. Okay. Versus Tommy Kyle Dean. I did like that this was kind of uh, an opportunity for Cree to show his face. Like he's been someone that, you know, moved to the AIW school. I don't know if it was like pre-pandemic or mid-pandemic, whatever it was. I know he's wrestled in the area for a while, but it's the first time in front of the AIW crowd and, you know, just seeing him and do his thing in the ring. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match? I don't remember anything from it. <laughs> I don't remember as much either but it's exactly kind of what i expected it to be uh tkd getting more time to shine as this new version of himself i mean it's kind of the same thing but he's he's changing some things and it needs to be mentioned uh his new trunks i like the new look minor wardrobe change but it's it's something different and i noticed it yeah as he's like expanding this character and like subtly changing things here and there as each time we see him it's really cool to see him progress that way and uh it wasn't a knock on the match that i don't remember anything i just have terrible memory sometimes like i remember this match happening and i remember tkd hitting some really good uh kicks and thinking oh damn that sounded really good but uh i just i don't remember like anything else really much from the match but i do know like who won so i mean yeah. Well, that was uh, TKD getting the win via pinfall. I don't, I, I know I don't really have any other memory of kind of this match. I think I was just more happy that Cree had a match and we got to see more of TKD. Let's uh, move on to the first match of the actual show. Started things off with Chuck Stone and Arthur MacArthur bulking season versus to infinity and beyond Colin Delaney and Cheech. Uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but one thing that I do love or I did love about having that particular seat was I got a lot of good pictures, especially of the entrance way, because if you're anywhere else kind of ringside, it's not the same. Maybe if you're uh, directly across, but you still got the ring in your way, but actually having the like up close uh, view of the entrances, I thought was pretty fun 
Yeah, the stage is really good if you take photos. It's like the best place to be for everything because you're right there in all the action. So I'll get into it later if someone who took advantage of that and they were the only person. But um, this was a fun match to start off with. You know, Two Infinity and Beyond is the, like the measuring stick for tag teams in AIW. And bulking season has really come more into their own this year, I feel, compared to last year. It felt like for a while it was just like these they were two dudes that were thrown together that were kind of, I don't want to say similar, but, you know, they, they had something that they could work with. But now, like, it feels more of a team and, like, individually, too. Both Chuck and Arthur have shined and love them both for it. What were your thoughts on this match? I really liked um, Colin Delaney's gear. Uh, they weren't like regular trunks. They were kind of like loose shorts. So I thought that was cool. Uh, this match really got to show off um, bulking season uh, as a solidified team against a major established team in to infinity and beyond. So that was really cool to see. Um, but also like to infinity is just, you know, leagues above where bulking season is so like they obviously bulking season has come a long way but they still have a long way to go to be on the same level as to infinity and beyond because uh, it really seemed like uh, they basically had an answer for everything bulking season threw at them and then some uh, one of my favorite things though is that I've noticed like watching more to infinity and beyond matches is when Colin will yell Cheech and then Cheech just comes out of nowhere with like a flying drop kick or a forearm. And I really want that to turn into a thing like a, like some type of like promo segment where like Colin's just like arguing with somebody over some food at a diner and he just yells Cheech and Cheech runs in and drop kicks the person that he's arguing with. Like, I think that'd be really funny. Uh, that's just, my own silly self uh, coming up with stuff, but yeah, it's, it's just, I noticed that a lot in their matches calling Oyel Cheech and Cheech comes in with like a big move. Like it's, it's, it just cracked me up every time it was happening during that match. It was like three or four times. And, uh, so yeah, I like that. Uh, and the match overall was, was pretty decent for like a 10 minute match. So, uh, hopefully down the road, if bulking season stays together and stays healthy, um, we'll see, a rematch and maybe we'll see more out of it. That is one thing that uh, kind of needs to be, I don't want to say talked about in this match, but it's something that did happen. Uh, Arthur MacArthur did suffer an injury. I don't know if it's been talked about publicly, what exactly it was on the AW podcast. It's been a couple of days since I've listened to it. And I don't want to just come out and say it, but with uh, Arthur MacArthur injured and uh, them not going to be on next week's show, you know, we might not see anything from them till Winchester or maybe uh, Akron. Yeah, it'll be a little bit before we see them back. So um, hopefully Arthur takes some time off to heal up and 100% and uh, doesn't do anything crazy in the meantime. Gets himself healthy again. I would say bulking season's one of my favorite tag teams in AIW, but in all honesty, I kind of like almost every tag team in AIW, so it not that would be disingenuous, but it, I don't know, to me, it wouldn't feel as special because I like, I, I love so many of these tag teams right now. I mean, when we really look at it, I mean, we're AIW diehards. So, like 95% of the roster we thoroughly enjoy. So, it's hard to be critical uh, of, of them when you enjoy uh, and, you know, have a good time with them at these shows. So, it's, 
I, I totally understand where you're coming from with, with being disingenuous. Cause I mean, yeah, like literally the entire tag division is awesome. Um, I don't really think there's anybody that is super terrible. I mean, I know that they're teaming Brian Carson and Casey Carrington together now, and I don't think they're terrible. I think that they're just starting out like building whatever this is going to be, uh, for them, even if it's just like a temporary, like just so they have a spot on the card type thing. But, uh, even they're not terrible. So, I mean, you get quality competitors when you go to AIW. There's nothing that's like shitty indie uh, or anything like that about AIW. So, even like the lowest people on the card are going to have a really decent match. So, I think I generally like everybody in AIW, especially now because there was one person I didn't necessarily care for and they're not in AIW now. So, I can now say, yeah, like, pretty much I like everybody. Yeah. So, like I said, it, it makes it kind of hard to like, see the flaws in certain things. So uh, that's just kind of one of those things of unfortunately being too close to it, but you, it's kind of hard not to be uh, when you have that atmosphere and that environment that AIW kind of um, breeds. So, I mean, we all go to after parties together. We all, you know, see each other a couple times a month. It's, it's inevitable for that kind of thing to happen. So hell for, for this weekend, <laughs> for some of us, we saw each other three days in a row. Yeah, which was nice. I, I like those long weekends like that where you get to uh, catch up the next day, talk, you know, a little bit more um, when they're not so busy. Uh, like I got to catch up with Arthur and talk with him for a little bit after uh, during Rager and stuff like that. And um, again, I got to see him a little bit at um, old. So, yeah, it was nice to kind of be able to see everybody and on to the next one, on to the next one. So it was nice. There's a little time to, you know, kick it and talk and stuff. So, yeah, it was definitely a. A fun weekend. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't as fun for bulking season. I mean, despite the injury too, but it was a uh, Cheech pinning Chuck Stone for the win. And let's move on to our next match. Next up, we had Chase Oliver versus Lee Moriarty, and this was definitely a fun match. You got Chase, who is getting more time to shine since his return. And, you know, since uh, his tag team with Trey, which seems like forever ago. And this was a great opportunity for him to go up against Lee Moriarty. And I, I want to, I want to say this is who I was talking to. And Chase said like, this was his highest profile opponent yet. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a huge moment for Chase. And Chase is the one person that took advantage of me being there in that spot. Uh, he was going out of the ring, taking Lee to the top of the post and as he's getting out of the ring he slaps me on the leg and he says get this and i was like okay <laughs> threw my camera in uh, video mode and took a video wasn't the best because i didn't zoom all the way out i was at like i mean i was at the normal setting i didn't zoom out more so i think that kind of took away from it but still like we like i'm right fucking there so i was surprised nobody took advantage of that but man yeah, chase was really smart what were your thoughts on this match uh, you know, they say like styles make fights. Uh, when this was announced, like people got really hyped on it and were like, oh, this is going to be a match of the year contender. And we're really excited for Chase. And, you know, obviously Lee is uh, the gold standard with a lot of stuff, uh, especially coming from AIW. So, like, a lot of people had big expectations going into this match. And I think that that put a lot of pressure on both guys. And it wasn't going to be that type of match um that they were going to go for so i think that 
what we got out of it. Uh, I mean, it was a little bit shy of, you know, uh, a 10 minute match. I think it was like eight, eight minutes or something like that. Uh, it was good for what it was. Uh, I'd like to see it go a little bit longer. Uh, the styles definitely clashed a little bit. Lee being more of a grounded guy with a little bit of Lucha in there and chase being very much a high flyer and strong style type guy. Uh, so they, they had some good segments there. There was some good stuff in there, but I feel like it didn't gel as well as I thought it would. And, uh, overall, I thought the match was, was pretty decent. Um, I wouldn't go like match of the year or anything like that. I'd, obviously I'd like to see them go again. Um, uh, maybe give them a little, like some type of stipulation to it, a three falls, something like that, give them something to work with. Um, but I mean, this was, this was a pretty decent match. Like this is second match of the night and you got these two guys in here just going crazy. So wasn't wasn't bad according to cage match and i mean this is according to cage mat, match not ref jayhawk you know the unofficial timekeeper of the go for broke episodes but cage match has it at eight minutes and 29 seconds yeah so it's like it was like a sprint so it was kind of like they got a lot of stuff in uh, uh lee being technical chase again like i said high flying strong style it, it was it was okay um i'm not it wasn't my favorite match on the card. I know it was a lot of people's favorite match on the card. Um, I can understand why, but um, it wasn't my favorite on the card. I like, obviously I like both guys a lot. So it's, it's, it feels terrible to say that it's just a match when it's Lee Moriarty and chase Oliver. But I think that's because AIW spoils us with some of the stuff we get. So to, to me, this is just a match, but to like somebody that doesn't get this all the time, this is like a like, like this would be like saying like you, when people would see AJ Styles for the first time, other people that have seen him a bunch of times would be like, oh, you know, it's just an AJ Styles match. And other people would be like, this is the greatest thing in the world. So, like, I'm probably jaded in that aspect of that this was just a match, but there was a lot of great stuff in it. And for a first timer, they'd probably really enjoy this match. But I mean, I've, I've seen so much from AIW that this, like, this really just kind of didn't stick out as much as I think maybe some people wanted it to. Yeah, it, it necessarily wasn't my favorite match on the card. I'm going to say maybe with him, my top five. Oh, it's definitely a top match for me uh, on the show. Yeah. Um, but it's it's probably number five. I have to sit down and rank him, but I know it, it's definitely not my number one. But we'll get to what my number one was later. Any other thoughts on uh, Chase and Lee? I'd like to see it again down the road. Yeah. Give these two a little bit more time or something like that, or whatever it may be. They could probably come up with another match. Yeah. It was uh, Chase pinning Lee for the win. Let's move on to our next match. Next up, we had, well, we started off with Brian Carson and Casey Carrington coming out and basically issuing an open challenge, which was answered by Pretty Boy Smooth and Jocelyn Navarro. And, uh, yeah, this match wasn't very long, but uh, it was uh, just throwing it out there. It was a uh, smooth pitting Casey for the win. This match is literally like under three minutes. I thought uh, yeah, this was like a- I was going to say that I thought that, you know, this being like kind of a match that comes up out of nowhere and to have it be pretty quick was pretty fun, pretty enjoyable. Yeah, having an impromptu match like this is always fun. It's a nice little surprise on the card. Um, I'm really curious how like what's going on between Casey and Brian Carson, like 
I kind of joked the first time we saw them team together, if like, because Brian Carson's broke from the go for broke stuff, if maybe he's Casey's butler or, you know, maybe he's mentoring Casey. I don't know what that connection is just yet, or there may be nothing. And it may just be like a, you know, uh, just team together so that you guys can have a match type deal. Uh, but I do love 40 acres and I loved uh, getting to see uh, all the stuff that, you know, all the tits from them. Jocelyn, of course, uh, smacking the hell out of Brian Carson. Uh, PB Smooth, again, just beating the shit out of Casey Carrington. Uh, I'll never not enjoy that. So, yeah, this was this was quick and dirty, and uh, it was a nice little surprise. Yep. Uh, let's move on to the next match. Next up, we have Ethan Wright versus Filthy Tom. Lawler, uh, this match started off with... Filthy Tom taking off his shorts. Still had another pair of shorts underneath <laughs> it. And uh, gave it to him. Of course he did. That's why we chanted for him to take those shorts off, because we knew he had the tights on underneath. Yeah, and then he gave it to a girl at ringside. Yeah, just a fan. It's like the uh, adult version of Bret Hart. <laughs> kind of heard some mixed reviews on, on this match. I definitely still want to see some more from Ethan Wright, but I don't think this is a, a necessarily a bad match so yeah i know there's uh certain members of the wrestling cheers community that absolutely hated this match uh and hate ethan wright i i'm not like i'm still not 100 sold on ethan wright like i'm still waiting to see like what we're gonna get out of him uh but him being like just going back to being the uh the student of harley race kind of thing uh was kind of a bummer like i was really hoping the uh, academy killer thing would somehow continue uh creatively um going up against tom lawler former absolute champion um this uh, this was actually definitely uh in my top two matches of the night i really really enjoyed this match i don't know why it just for some reason i was really hooked into it and they like they really went back and forth and uh it got me invested in the match and i really enjoyed this match um yeah I, I I had the complete opposite feeling of, of some of the other people. I thought this was probably one of the better matches of the night. And I don't know why, like I really can't put my finger on it. Cause I watched it again the next day before we went to rager and like, I got sucked into it again, sitting there watching it. I'm like, Holy crap. I don't know why it, it just Tom Waller is just that good. And I mean, played out well off Ethan, Wright. It was a straight up wrestling match. There wasn't Tom Fullery, you know, with weapons and shit. It was just them two going at it. And the story they told, I thought was good. Sometimes that's all you need at AIW. You get that nice mix. Yeah, I think if it's anybody, it's got to be Filthy Tom. Not taking anything away from Ethan Wright, but there is just kind of a a standard when it comes to a Filthy Tom match. I can't think of a an actual bad Filthy Tom match. Some people might say this match, but I don't. I don't think it was bad. It was Filthy Tom getting the pin for the win, but after the match, Filthy Tom got attacked and it was would look like to be the mass marauder from the gopher broke series yeah the mass marauder showed up and handed out a beat down to filthy tom out of nowhere i'm really happy there is a payoff and we'll get to that later but with the fact that the mass marauder wasn't unmasked at this point i was kind of like what the fuck i'm like this better not be a thing that's gonna last like a couple of shows i've oh, got to figure out who the well, fuck, fuck this is but luckily we don't <laughs> Yeah, it didn't last, but, like, I've been kind of waiting because, like, I think one of the big things that I feel like after these shows, like, I know, like, we're all still in, like, uh, the 
will they won't they phase of like what's going on with COVID and everything. So it's like, do we start doing, uh, you know, getting feuds back and going, or do we really hold off until next year and just start building next year? And I feel like just doing these super cards, uh, with, you know, mix and match talent on it, uh, while they're fun and they're a night out and they're, you know, great to see uh, the talent, uh, do different things and, and stuff like that it's still missing storylines. And I feel like that's, the, that really glaringly shows to me right now that like, we just don't have those right now with AIW and I'm so used to us having them. So things leading up to other things, thing, you know, things tying together, like trying to figure things out. Uh, I missed that fun of it a little bit. And I, I really hope that we kind of, you know, maybe start seeing if things keep going the way they've been going, that maybe we'll start seeing, uh, some more stuff build out of the next couple of shows and kind of get back to uh, a build because, you know, we got hell on earth coming up. That's our first major show uh, coming up. So we don't really have a ton of feuds going other outside of the rip city versus PME. There's not a whole lot built so far. So we have a couple shows left to build some stuff. We got what three shows before that, and, uh, you know, there's a long hiatus after that third show before we get into hell on earth. So we really got to figure out what we're, what we're building to if hell on earth is going to be in a new location and a bigger location. And if it's going to sell, like we hope it does, we, we got to get some storylines going here, get some pe- people invested in it. So I'm really hoping we start seeing more. I was really hoping that this was going to be the start of it. Uh, but obviously as we saw, this just kind of build us into, the next day at rager which was still nice and i'm still very happy that we had some type of build going into rager um but i was hoping for something a little bit longer <laughs> so very impromptu but let's talk about this because i don't think it's been talked about on this show you had a theory for the mass marauder early on because <laughs> the very first opponent for west barkley on the first episode of go for broke was the mass marauder yes your your prediction was wrong which if anybody's confused he hasn't never publicly said it but it was wrong but i'll give you credit you were you were headed in the right direction you were just misled do you want to talk about that real quick yeah so i was thinking that maybe wes and uh, our absolute intense champion, Josh Bishop, were kind of playing around and, you know, this mass marauder character maybe was somebody under the mask that was just helping Wes get those wins, build those bucks to, you know, to, to their end. Uh, unfortunately, that did not come to be. And uh, things kind of went a different direction, but I was kind of curious if he was maybe going to face a series of masked people and uh, pick up easy wins over them uh, to advance his cause, uh, to advance the Rip City Shooter's cause. Um, That obviously wasn't the idea, though. So, but yeah, that's kind of where I thought things were going. Yeah. So when that unmasking happened, or actually even when this happened, we'll get to the unmasking later, but I was kind of like, Oh, fucking Charlie might have almost kind of had it, but not exactly. All right. Um, let's get into the next match. Next up, we had Kaplan versus Mance Warner. And one of my favorite things about all this, because of everything that happened at the end of the previous match, 
I didn't have everything tweeted out yet. And when Mance's music hit, I just literally went back to start rewriting the other tweet. <laughs> and I had enough time, I, th- I believe it was, to by the time Mance came out, I, I had it tweeted, so I thought it was funny. But yes, this match was fucking crazy and fucking fun. I don't know what it is about either of these guys. Kaplan is insane and fun to watch. And the same can be said about Mance. What were your thoughts on this madness? Uh, yeah, these like I love that Kaplan like had to wait for Mance to come out, and uh, it was good to be able to uh, do the long Mancer entrance once again. Uh, this was yeah, we knew this was going to be a bunch of fuckery, and uh, they did not disappoint. There was there was a lot of crazy shit. Uh, at one point, uh, Kaplan went for that split legged moonsault, and Mance threw a fucking chair at him while he was upside down. Uh, which was probably one of the grossest things I've ever seen live. Uh, it was, <laughs> there was a look of horror and disgust on my face after. Uh, it was so crazy. Uh, this was, this was a brutal war. And uh, Kaplan's just proven that uh, he, he is, he's ready to be in that realm. He is a tough motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. With these two, just, God, it's so much fucking fun. Easily, too. Like, Two of the most popular people in AEW. Oh, yeah. I think Kaplan uh, definitely needs to get out and uh, expand because he's he's going to blow up everywhere. He's just uh, got something about him. He's got the, that it factor that makes you want to watch him do some crazy shit when he shows up. So um, I, I think he's got a show this weekend at a no ring show in Pittsburgh. Um, so that'll be really fucking cool uh, that he's getting out getting some work in Pittsburgh. Hopefully, uh, you know, that shows up somewhere. We can see it. But yeah, Kaplan needs to be booked everywhere. He's he's awesome. In this uh, insane madness, Mance hit Kaplan with a sledgehammer and pinned him for the win. But after the match, they did shake hands. And then we went to intermission. But we came back to, obviously, another match. We came back to the main event Duke Davis and Gannon Jones Jr. versus Mikey Montgomery and Eric Taylor, the Bitcoin boys. Sadly, with this match, too, also another injury. Literally, we started the show proper with an injury in a match and the same thing with the second half. But um, I I love the main event and seeing, you know, the Bitcoin boys having to go toe to toe with these two and a different david versus goliath type thing but so much fun to watch what are your thoughts on this match yeah the bitcoin boys really held their own in there uh i will say that the main events and music gets me fucking hyped every time they come out like i could run through a brick wall after hearing their entrance music especially at the odeon it's it just it sounds fucking sweet and i'm just hyped as shit when they come out um but eric taylor mikey montgomery uh they really showed how far they've come they they gave a hell of a battle with uh, the main event, and uh, they didn't look out of place. Uh, I do know uh, our buddy Jay Gold uh, had uh, messaged me at one point and said, "Why are why is Duke Davis facing a child uh, when he was facing Mikey Montgomery?" Um, which got a chuckle out of me. But I mean, Eric and Mikey held their own against the main event, and this is another one I'd love to see them go. Uh, to run that back again because this was really fucking good um this was yeah this was this was really fucking good this is a good tag team match 
um, main event are, you know, almost elite tier tag team in indie wrestling right now. Uh, you know, they've had a look at, you know, on AEW and that kind of thing. And uh, I don't see them sticking around on the indies much longer, but uh, I love that we have them in AIW while they are here and uh, working with guys like Eric and Mikey and uh, making them better. So I enjoy that. Yeah. I think I got some uh, really great shots too. Cause I'm like looking at the Twitter, like uh, I got some good shots of these guys coming out. Uh, PME, not PM- PME, TME, the main event. It was Mikey getting the pin versus Duke. Not exactly sure uh, how Mikey got injured in this match. I know I want to sit down and rewatch it. Just try to figure out what it was, but he's a trooper to go through that entire match or not the entire match, but whenever it happened, because I got a picture here after the match and like his hands in the air, throwing the, uh, the, the bird up on both hands. So dude's a trooper. Dude is fucking stronger than some people may give him credit for. Yeah, man. He's, uh, he's definitely willing to put his body on the line for everything. I mean, I've kind of seen that, uh, and the double pot of shows when we first came back, he, he got put through tables and really busted his ass in that match. And that really impressed me right there. And I was like, all right, he's, He's in that that zone to do big things. So, so hopefully Mikey has a speedy recovery. But now, you know, if we get Bitcoin boys, we're going to get more Eric Taylor. And I'm for a little bit more time for Eric to shine. Nothing against Mikey at all. But I kind of think like going back to their debut match, Mikey had the biggest hype because a lot of people knew who he was more from the the student class. And I'm excited for a little bit more spotlight put on Eric. I think these two as a team, especially to like going back to a lot of the promos that these guys have done or just Eric's done. Like he's got something to him this year that is fucking awesome. I mean, besides his fucking abs and shit dudes cut up, but like the, the promos in the hot tub drinking milk. It's fucking great. I love it. Yeah. I really liked, uh, the promo they did together, uh, setting up, um, their showdown with uh walking season that unfortunately we got a singles match out of instead of the full on tag match uh for wrestle rager but that that video had me fucking rolling they kept talking about going to chuck e cheese and shit it was great i loved it it's really funny so they they definitely are expanding their uh promo game they definitely have some comedic chops there for stuff uh it's it's really fun to see them two play off each other and if, uh, you know, we have to have uh, Mikey take a break and Eric step up, I'm excited for that, too. I mean, Eric has obviously proved himself. He had that match with Dom that was really fucking good. And uh, so, I mean, he can go. So, All right, let's move on to the next match. Next up, we had Levi Everett versus Matt Justice. I think my only uh, nitpick about this match is maybe it was a little bit too close on the card to Kaplan versus Mance because it kind of felt the same but not like 100% but still I love Levi I love Matt especially this is the first time we've seen Matt since Hello Cleveland and is this something you might be interested in feels like it's been a while so I I at least enjoyed that part of it and also too uh, the return of Stacy catching uh, Matt yeah, it's always a, a good time. Uh, Levi showing his more serious side with this. Um, obviously, Justice coming back from his little break with Fawns. 
this match, you know, I was expecting all the craziness. We got Levi doing crazy shit, uh, which is always really cool to see. Uh, hopefully he doesn't do this more often. I don't like seeing Levi go crazy with all the weapons and stuff while it's fun. Uh, it definitely is taking a toll on him. Um, but you know, that's obviously his choice, whatever, but, uh, I do enjoy his more, uh, fun side of his character and that kind of stuff. So it is what it is with that. Uh, this match was, was, you know, what I expected them going crazy with weapons and just beating the holy hell out of each other. Uh, to entertain us and then that's what we got out of it yeah the the serious levi is something that is interesting i mean i love fun levi and i think getting serious levi in the middle of the match is always actually fun too but we're getting like these these matches with levi where it's like he's just like all right i'm like we're getting out of business no no bullshit yeah it's something he's trying to evolve his character from being like the comedy guy to being a more serious uh worker and that's cool um i support it i think it's you know something fun that he can break out i i don't personally want to see it all the time like i said i I really enjoy his more um hard-hitting but like comedy character but he's still hard-hitting and kind of does all the same stuff it's just he's more fan friendly i guess would be the the correct thing like i i just want him to turn the butter in the middle of the fucking ring okay that's what i want i don't like serious levi leaving it on the ramp and then i don't get to yell churn and watch him churn the butter in the fucking ring i don't like that i like watching him turn the butter that's all i'm saying i just i just miss him turning the butter it was matt justice pitting levi for the win let's move on to our next match next up we had Derek dillinger versus Danhausen and you know Danhausen used to having a director with him and since you know he's going up against a director he wanted to bring out his own director and he brought out Marlena aka Terry Reynolds and before she came out it didn't connect with me but I could smell the cigar <laughs> so once she came out I was like oh yeah I've been smelling that for a couple minutes I mean I should have figured she was going to come out but still yeah I was kind of hoping for like you know Eddie only uh, or, you know, maybe Magnum, somebody else from the production, uh, to kind of go in his corner, but we got, uh, Marlena, which was cool, I guess for, you know, people that are into that. She was at ringside talking and having a good time with fans. And, uh, she did make the remark that Dan Housen has terrible timing with his, uh, tequila dance. So, which I thought was really funny. Um, overall, I thought the match was a lot of fun. I know some people were disappointed and and thinking that it wasn't more, you know, wrestling and hard hitting. And I'm like, well, that's not what the fans came to, you know, see this wasn't, you know, this was more of a commercial Dan Housen match than a hardcore Dan Housen wrestling, doing all the stuff. Uh, I kind of figured that's what we'd get out of him uh, with where he's at now in wrestling that we won't see uh, the old version of Dan Housen hitting, you know, all the different suplexes and all that kind of stuff and uh, coming out to Rammstein and all that. I was kind of bummed that he came out to the new music and not Rammstein. Cause I miss the Rammstein music. Uh, but I get why, like he's, he's got this whole new thing uh, for, for all the new fans. And I mean, he drew a hell of a crowd for AIW cause I know there's a lot of people that were there to see Dan Housen. So uh, that was really cool uh, to be able to, you know, see him and all these new fans just going crazy for all his, you know, stuff that he does. And 
Derek looked good. Uh, I love Derek. Uh, you know, this is a okay spot for him, you know, kind of wrap up things with the old production and uh, move on to bigger things. Maybe some uh, blue things. Derek pinned Danhausen for the win. But after the match, Marlena hit Derek with his own clapper. And uh, I didn't realize until the next day, I think she broke it. Oh, really? Unless it was something different, because I'd seen the clapper at Rager and there was black tape around it. But I do know he's had clappers broke before and he's had to go buy new ones. So maybe because it was Rager, he brought a broken one. But Terry could easily broke it too. I'm not 100% sure. I'll need clarification from Derek on that one. I think to me, this was my favorite match. It was Danhausen back in AIW. It was Derek in the semi-main event. Um, even though it was short, according to cage match, it was only 11 minutes, one second, but it was like the right amount of time. And I think especially to being sandwiched in between the matches that it was, it made sense for this to be a little shorter than the other two. Yeah. I have to talk to Derek about buying one of them clappers off him. An old one or a new one? I don't know. He what kind of deal he get. I'll, I'll have him and Ziggy sign it and add it to my collection. Ooh, I got that, my eight by ten of them and uh, and stuff like that. So I was real happy about that. I got to get a frame for that and get that hung up on my uh, tag team wall. So, ooh, that gives me a, an idea. I always forget that I have this because it's sitting on my wall above the window behind me, and that's at one point. So many years ago, Derek bought like small clappers and had people sign that. And I have one signed by all of the production at that point. Oh, nice. Which literally the only person I would technically be missing from all the of the production is Colby Red because it was boo. I'm, I'm never going to pretend like that didn't happen. <laughs> it's fucking Colby Red. Colby Red is not Dan Housen. Colby Red might wish he was Dan Housen, but he's not Dan Housen. But so when like those got signed, that's when the production was at its full force. So now I just, I, I need, I do need to get Ziggy to sign it. Yeah. I totally forget that fucker's up there. Big rig zig. And there's enough room for her to sign it too. Yeah. Derek, let's make a little deal ski. Uh, get, get a hold of me. DM me. Let's come up with something on that. Maybe he could bring back the, the clapper merch. I don't know. Of course, like this is, it's a, sm- want, it's a smaller one compared one to, was, what was that? Yeah, I want a full size one used used so you want one with give me a full-size one you want one with some sniffs left in it (laughs) i don't think there's really any sniffs in a clapper board but i mean sure why not it's cooler if it's if it's ring used i mean you can go back and see it when it was used or what you do is you you go buy one and he uses it in a match and you get it afterwards oh see now you're thinking all right now we'll see what he says when he uh, when he sends me a message or if I send him a message about it. We'll figure something out. All right, let's move into our main event of the evening. Philly Collins versus Joshua Bishop for the AIW Absolute Intense Championships in an intense rules match. This was a big match for Philly. I think his first main event. Pretty sure. I'm not sure. But I do know that it was one on one. No, neither guy came out with their tag partner in tow. They went toe to toe uh, for the majority of the match, one on one, and they beat the shit out of each other. And uh, just as you know, Bishop was getting ready to 
turn the tables on Philadelphia Collins and take him down exit 187. Uh, Philly pulled some sneaky stuff out on him, and Wes didn't like that. Wes had to had to come, you know, right that wrong, and uh, then uh, you know, Marino came out and hurt poor Wes, and just it was just a, a melee, a cra- crazy, you know, craziness happened. Which the match ended in no contest because of that, and then out came the mass marauder again. Helps attack PME, and he takes off his mask, and it's fucking brickster ricky bricks the return i was very happy to see him even to the fact i didn't i didn't mention this while i was waiting in line fucking the mass marauder walks in and like he's wearing the mask he's wearing long sleeves he's wearing uh, sunglasses the only thing i could see was his dyed hair and i'll admit there was one person who I thought it was by the dyed hair, but it didn't make sense that it was going to be him. Especially doesn't make sense knowing some other things, but that's the fact of, I kind of thought it was Alex Zane. <laughs> Cause I was just going by the hair and like, I knew he was going to be at sunny days and it turns out like that's going to be his official return. Like we are going to be the first independent show for Alex Zane coming back. But anyway, like that's the only person I thought it would be. And I'm like, there's no way in hell that this is Alex Zane. It would maybe it would explain why he was going to be on the next show, not counting Rager. But no, it it was Brickster. So, like I said, very happy for that and got to talk to him before Rager. First time him and I have talked in a while. So that was pretty fun, even to the point of I went to go to the restroom, ran into him, talked for like 15 minutes. And I was like, shit. Show starting. I have to go back to my seat. I still got to pee, and I couldn't go until fucking intermission. But yeah, yeah I caught him after the show and, and bullshitted for a little bit, and uh, it, was, it was great to see him again. Uh, it's always nice when you see uh, part of the AIW family come back, and you know, like he was there right as everything kind of shut down, and he did have the match in Indianapolis, but we didn't really get to enjoy him being part of Rip City and uh get that full uh story out of him so it was nice to have him back and hopefully he'll keep uh coming back uh in the meantime and kind of roll into the the fold with the promotion so and also too after you know brickster was revealed filthy tom lawler came out for his revenge so yes so then it was set up for the next day rip city also did, did you catch filthy tom say my fuck up. I think he called him rip shitty. <laughs> I catch that. Uh, he also said some other very mean things to Brixter. So yeah, I caught rip shitty and I'm like, I, think- I fucking accidentally say that all the time. And I get called out for it. He actually fucking says it. I don't think there's anything bad for filthy Tom Lawler to say it, but I'm like, ah, that to me, it popped me. Yeah. That's funny. So the full rip city shooters versus the filthy Philly Marino experience. And that was our main event for, well, this was our main event for this show, but that would be our main event for WrestleRager. Yep. All right. That's, that's pretty much a show. Any final thoughts on a touch of evil? Uh, it was a good time. Uh, definitely, definitely hate the parking for the Odeon. And I can't wait to go to the Tadmore shrine with all their free parking and their spacious seating and their brownie Sundays. 
But overall, on the rest of the card, it was good stuff. Good to see Dan Housen back. Loved being able to catch up with him uh, and get to see everybody have good matches. Hopefully, uh, our buddies Arthur McArthur and Mikey Montgomery heal up and are able to compete here in the next couple months. And uh, yeah, loved it. Worth the money every time. So this was no exception. Yeah, I had a I had a great night. I mean, starting it off, getting that Macho Man chase felt awesome. Getting that time with Dan Housen, too, also felt awesome. Sitting in those seats and just experiencing the show was just a little bit differently. Added to my night, and knowing that we would get a show the next night, nice, basically kind of a two-parter, you know, another two shows in a row. I think pretty much every AIW show this year, not counting the Canton shows, and technically not counting major announcement have been like these back-to-back shows one one way or another major announcement though with toy Hio being the next day it wasn't necessarily the same thing but it was kind of close especially if you went to toy Hio. yeah i could see where it would feel like it uh, also one other thing big shout out to to smoke and jay's barbecue uh, i love the fact that i get to go to aiw now and know that i get to have some smoked mac and cheese and some pulled pork with some spicy barbecue sauce on it and uh, eat that before I get into the wrestling. It's always a treat. And it's also a treat if you get some when you go to leave so that you have some when you get home after your drive home. That's the fucking pro tip right there. Love you, Brock. Yes, much love to Brock and Spoken Chase Barbecue. I didn't get any for this show. I do kind of like the idea of taking something to go like that. I had two favorite places to go for post wrestling show food. And that's two places that are by me that I would get it and then eat it when I got home steak and shake and Taco Bell. But the Taco Bell by me since COVID that has not had the same hours. And I don't know if the other one kind of close to me has good hours or not, but yeah, having that in your back pocket is, is kind of smart. I might, I'm going to have to try that for sunny days. We'll see how I feel. Well, we'll see if I can, I can go to an AIW show and not buy a figure because that's kind of been my theme lately. Yeah, I would say try to snag it before the main event or like right after before they go to close up shop that way. and get. Uh, yeah, that's definitely the move because like my Taco Bell, same thing. Hours are all wonky. Don't want sheets. Don't want Wendy's. Uh, last time I did Wendy's the next day I was sick and then I got dehydrated. Uh, so that's a no go <laughs> for me from now on. So yeah, it's definitely a, a smoke and Jays when you get home kind of deal. So it's clutch. All right. Any, uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, yeah, check out my podcast, IWTV guide. Uh, I got, uh, the man Adam van on this week, talking some Jakara from 2015, uh, this week coming up, I'm supposed to have Jay gold and Austin on. I don't know how that's going to work with Ida hitting uh, New York as bad as it has. Uh, so I'm hoping that can still happen. Um, also later this month, uh, I'm going to have the submissive and breedable Ed on and Dalton and Jay gold all at the same time. Uh, Jay Hawk is going to be at cauliflower alley club. So I will have two weeks where I don't have a co-host with me and it's just whoever's the guest that week. So I believe one week it's going to be orange. The other week it's going to be the submissive and breedable Ed and, uh, Dalton and Jay gold. So it should be a lot of fun. And of course you can find myself at 
J Summers 330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose a desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe your ever listen to this fine podcast. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. And all of those links you can find right in the podcast notes in our Linktree link. Also, check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcasting friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Let the Hate Flow Through You, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The Indie Cast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Gay Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mikes, Marnie and Sarah Love Wrestling, This Ends at Prom, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as Thirstor Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Heart of Gold, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Russell Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're the mass marauder. Later. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back. Other shows are in the trash. Kinda like they Nick Stapp. Like the name is Matt Justice. Wearing all the gold. Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close. The number one podcast going in the game. And one day everybody's gonna know the name. It's the Wrestling Cheers. This is Platinum Max. Signing off. Ohio. Good night. The world. Good night. We love you. We'll see you next week.